0: Welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because a little bit of you makes me your man.
2: Why are you doing that again? You just did that last time. Was that? It was the patron episode. My name so now is Kevin. and forever. I'm joined as always by my co-host
0: Benedict. A tall glass of reduced sugar orange juice, Benedict. <laughs> why are you so mad about the recurring Mambo Number Five joke? <laughs>
2: I just because now it's in my head again. And I don't really <laughs> because like that the
0: song. joke was that we couldn't get it out of our heads, so yeah. I did it three
2: weeks in a but row. But I had.
0: <laughs> now you haven't. Uh, Benedict, like. favorite hand fruit. Go. Excuse me. Favorite hand fruit. Uh, all fruits, not hand fruits. <laughs> no. If you some try fruits are enough. hand fruits? Some some fruits are finger fruits. Uh, some okay. fruits are that machete like some, fruits.
2: Okay, sure. What would you? Okay, so like fruit a, like, like that a, is held
0: and eaten from the hand. A palm. A fruit like that a, you pa- palm. It fits in your palm. Yeah, in yeah, the okay, palm okay. of your hand. Um, orange, banana, apple. Sure, but pomegranate. an orange is
2: kind of a finger fruit too because it's segmented and you eat it with your fingers. <laughs> Not the way I, I eat it. Well, okay. Just, oh, <laughs> you should see how I eat a pineapple. Like Jesus. <laughs> Um, let's go. Get I'm gonna fiber go somehow. left field and go plum. Ooh, Another plum.
0: You good managed plum. to pull one out of the hat this week. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, Not I, I, bad. You know, I, some, you know, a, a a good plum, like a bad plum, is worse right. than any other kind When they're kind of they're
0: that fruit. sort of grainy and or like just,
2: hard and they're like yeah. hard and sour. Like mm-hmm. but a good, like a a, a juicy, perfectly sweet right. Plum. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. you. That's okay, a good one. All right, one.
0: all right.
2: That's your favorite. What's your favorite finger fruit?
0: Finger fruit. Oh, I, I mean, I, I was gonna say nectarine. Nectarine mm. was my choice. I'm a nectarine man.
2: Oh, but. okay. I, I thought you said I'm with you. I thought you were agreeing. Oh no, no, no. But you, you are, know, you I'm che- on board on with my reasoning. fruits. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I'm a cherry man.
2: Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh,
0: I just, for the first time uh, last week, saw cherries fresh at the grocery store. Oh, I got sure. a bag okay. in my fridge Riggish. right now. I've been going through them. Okay. Um, you got to ease into that because the increased fiber consumption can yeah. cause can cause some problems.
2: I sure it can. You know you don't eat the stones, right? Let's, just... <laughs> Let's round it out then. What's your, what's your favorite machete fruit?
0: So, sounds like I'm uh, spitting into a spittoon when I'm on the yeah. toilet. <laughs>
2: Just like uh, rabbit poop coming out like, <laughs> like machine gunning.
0: Machete fruit, I gotta go with. Um, mm, mm, maybe I'm gonna go with. Ugh. It's a hard choice because, like, the you know, there's a lot of great ones there. Watermelon is always mm. a, a pleaser. Yeah. I'm gonna go with cantaloupe, though. I'm gonna go with okay. cantaloupe.
2: I think mine would be uh, blueberry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 okay. I think we had different definitions. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that works called, for me.
2: That, that's called misdirection.
0: <laughs> Very good, sir. Very good. Thank you. Anyways, uh, you probably know, but uh, some of the folks out there, they might not. What exactly it is that we do here on this program. They might I would say that this is the show where we go deep, 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 deep mm-hmm. into the blackberry bush, <laughs> blueberry bush of, of right-wing thought.
2: Do so bushes? Now I have to Google that. I'm pretty sure talking. it's a vine yeah, that looks, looks like
0: a bush. Okay. Uh, by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative nonfiction, and in between taking a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. Benedict, to start us off, do you have a hot take for us this week?
2: I do. I have infinite sympathy for parents, as I am not a parent. But I did just get a new cat. And the cat thinks my toes are toys. And I've Benedict. been getting like one hour less sleep per night. And I am what is more, the cat's name? The cat's name will remain private for privacy concerns. Uh,
0: The cat may or may not be named after a famous racist. Okay, it's not
2: named after a racist. It shares the name of a racist. But, but that's also true. You heard it here first. Ben nicknamed
0: his cat Adolf.
2: Yeah. that's also true of all names that have ever existed that you will be able to you know find what? a racist you know
0: what there is at least one name i can think of of which that is not true and that is whatever the fuck elon musk named that kid because there's true.
2: nobody and, sure that well that means they're going to be the first racist of that name like yeah there's always one uh, also elon, elon musk's child true. is may 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 not you know anyway yeah whatever yep um <laughs> elon musk who grew up in apartheid south africa um yeah anyway moving on uh yes i am like an hour less sleep and mm-hmm. i'm just very tired like it's so so much more tired than i thought was possible so because of a cat am,
0: yeah because Wait, of the cat is the problem that you stayed up too late playing with the cat
2: no it's because it thinks my toes are toys and that's in the <laughs> it, it attacks my feet in the bed Okay, so, so in you the middle stayed of the up night. too late
0: playing with the cat?
2: No, in the middle of the night. Well, I guess I got woken up by the cat. Also, it jumped on my head one day um, by accident because mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was sleeping in a place where I wouldn't normally sleep. Um, you can say couch. You can yeah, say couch. <laughs> I was sleeping on the couch because my in-laws were in town and he like he likes to like jump over the back of the couch, but he did and I did not realize that I was there and landed directly on my head. So... Anyway, much sympathy with people who have things in their lives that they have to look after other than Mm. themselves.
0: That's why there's nothing in my life as important as myself.
2: That's right. What's your hot take, then?
0: (laughs) My hot take this week, Benedict, is that we don't do topical episodes, and that's for a reason. Yeah, Uh, that's fair. Twice over the last several weeks, I have texted you. Well, I didn't text you about the second time, but I thought no, about. No, but I could.
2: You. I, I, you knew, I you felt knew that conversation. Yeah, play you, you out knew, in my head. you knew I had thought about it, something, and I had agreed. There was a disturbance <laughs> in the force. As yeah. the thought crossed your mind. Uh,
0: because after the uh, abortion ban uh, leaked from the Supreme Court, I texted Benedict, was like. I could put, I mean, this absolutely ties into this whole project we're on. I could write an episode about uh, the right-wing anti-abortion activism and and everything they've done. And you said, I think rightfully, nah, we're not a topical show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an exact quote. But um, I think I do agree with that impulse. Mm. That uh, that's not really what we're here for. Uh, and there is no such thing as an emergency podcast mm-hmm. um, it, just, and,
2: it also it feels like chasing content when there's yeah. like, you know, yeah. we we have a plan for the show. like we yeah. have the way the show is. Like it feels like not exploitative, but it feels you you know what I mean? Like yeah. it feels exactly. it feels a little it feels a, a little, little gross. Bit, it feels yeah.
0: a little bit gross. And then, of course, with the shooting over the weekend uh, and the great replacement conspiracy theory, Um, there actually already was in my, uh, my list of, of episodes for this whole thing, uh, an episode about the Great Placement Theory, uh, and I had the thought for like 30 seconds, should I do that now? And I was like, no, that's gonna, that's gonna stay in the list, it's gonna wait, uh, that'll come along, uh, eventually when it's natural and we've laid the, uh, the groundwork to actually talk about that subject, you know, uh, we'll get to it when we get to it, but we're here, um, to, to do the normal show not mm-hmm. not uh nothing topical so we don't we <laughs> we're gonna avoid topicality as much yeah. as possible <laughs>
2: we're gonna avoid relevance as much as we
0: can <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we do but anyways Benedict, <laughs> housekeeping this week remember all go and rate and review us on the iTunes. Did anyone do
2: that? I'm now going to go check because mm. I, I gave an impassioned plea I, last I week. Did. I? Oh,
0: look, I never actually check our iTunes oh, reviews. Oh
2: my God. You have to. <laughs> I, I
0: that's your job. You're the one who obsesses yeah, over that's that. Yeah, um nobody sent me a screenshot of them leaving a five star review which would uh, warrant induction into the spooky world new world order of course but uh, mm. you should of course go rate us and review us on the iTunes and the pods and the places and all the wares where you get all the podcasts uh, you should follow us on the social medias at NYGBC pod on Twitter and at NYGBC ben God, it's such a bad handle. That's such a bad fucking handle. I can't believe you did that. And we have just some quick updates this week before we get on to what we're going to be talking about this week. First off is that on the patron-only bonus episode, the first for this month, we announced that we would be uh, possibly doing Dinesh D'Souza's next uh, movie for a patron-only bonus episode on the condition that I could find it for free somewhere. If there was like a, you know, subscription free trial service thingy out there somewhere... I, as of right now, cannot find such a thing in the universe. So, there's a I will, second will
2: I will just say, sorry, just while I remember, our, rating has go- our average rating has gone up. Yay! So, uh, <laughs> people did it, thank you. If you didn't do it, please go do it.
0: Good. But uh, I will say, uh, there is a second option that we may be doing, just so we don't do two chapters of the Conscience of Conservatives so close to each other in one month. Um, there is another documentary out there, in the world, in the ether which is called Dummy Crats oh, which gosh. is a production of diamond and silk oh god and apparently this thing is supposed to be over an hour long no. but there is like a 30 minute version on youtube which okay. that's the, that's the part that's for you which only it's only 30 minutes out. long <laughs> i did don't they cut know out
2: the good half or the bad <laughs> I half no
0: but I think if I can't find anywhere to find the Ninesh movie, we will have to wait on that one until it becomes available somewhere, and we might instead do Dummy Kratz. All right. When was Dummy Kratz released? <laughs> I believe it came out either uh, 2021, 2020, 2021, one of those two. Yeah. I think it was after, the, It was for sure, I think after the election. Um, I didn't look into it very deep. I like skimmed through this thing. It's a whole lot of those two ladies... Uh, saying things sarcastically, they really don't like Maxine Waters is one of the things I picked up from it. It's not very good, but uh, that's exactly what we're looking for, so I'm excited for it. Always. Uh, The other thing was one of the things, one of the other, the only other update today, um, is that there was something that was a little bit of a throwaway on our previous episode, and that was the first episode where we, uh, two weeks ago, when we were talking about Nazis and how much they love Tucker Carlson, Mm. One of the headlines from that neo-Nazi outlet, uh, uh, The Daily Stormer, was about uh, Tucker stuffing some college student into a cry closet. And it just completely coincidentally, I ran across something um, earlier today. I was just reading up on Tucker Carlson. I think I was reading a Media Matters piece. Uh, And it mentioned that the whole cry closet thing, which is a meme in like right-wing circles, that uh, colleges have cry closets for kids to go, you know, crying because they're not emotionally blah, blah, blah. Who gives a fuck? It turns out that that whole thing was based off of an art installation that uh, some student at, like, uh, the University of Utah did. Some master of fine art student created, like, this cry closet thing. And it was, like, obviously... A a, joke. I don't know about a a joke, but it was an art installation. Like. Okay it like i'm looking at a picture of it right now and it's like just a freestanding closet and it has a sign on the on the side uh, and it says a safe place for stressed-out students, otherwise known as the cry closet. This space is meant to provide a place for students studying for finals to take a short ten-minute break. Rules of the closet: knock before entering, only one person in the closet at a time. <laughs> it Line- is
2: not a seven minutes to heaven <laughs> closet. Do not.
0: <laughs> well, as it turns out, everyone who found out about this was basically talking about that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. But at the bottom, it Good. says, hair I'm original." In smaller font artist Nemo Miller in collaboration with Tony Miller and David Meyer. It wasn't something
2: that you need to collab for. Like, well, it it is
0: like a freestanding cabinet and it does have like a decorative edge around it and stuff. It was like built by, you know, someone who knows how to do woodworking. Um, so it was interesting. Uh, but you know, all of the media took this thing so horribly, it seems like everyone on the campus like had a good chuckle about it. And then, of course, right-wing media grabbed the story and pretended that college students need a cry closet. So that that was fun. That was just a fun thing I ran also, across. I'm sorry,
2: but all of their fucking shows are cry closets.
0: <laughs> Tucker Carlson Tonight. What do you think Tucker probably Carlson the world's Tonight biggest is, cry closet. if
2: not the world's biggest <laughs> cry closet?
0: Also true. But anyways, before we get into the show proper, we have one last thing to take care of, and that is, of course, to induct our newest additions to the Spooky World New World Order. Blah. And those are our two newest patrons, Mary Garner, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order. Yeah. And Richard Drum, you are also part of our New World Spooky World Order. Yeah. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Welcome to the cry closet. Yeah. Oh, God, that was joke. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, But uh, if you want to join the spooky (laughs) world, New World Order, of course, tweet or post about the show on social media. Recommend it to others. Send me a screenshot. Five-star review. Screenshot. Send it to me. Uh, Make a donation to a worthwhile charity. Become a patron or just get my attention with something good. All that out of the way, Benedict. Today, we are now returning to our Lunatic Fringe series, as I've been calling it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as I said, you know, one of the things I texted you about, I said, ah, I could do the, uh, you know, Lost Cause of the Confederacy this week. That was one of the options. Which I I wanted
2: you to do, to be fair.
0: And and to be fair, we, you're right, but there were two reasons why I didn't. One was, we just talked about hardcore white supremacists last week. I feel like maybe a week off with some more lukewarm white supremacists would be preferable to 2 weeks of that sort of stuff. Second, <laughs> yeah, I just this, bought... this
2: series is going to be lots of breaks from white supremacists, right? It's going to be lots of
0: uh I mean, hardcore white supremacists in I mean, there's almost no one we're going to be talking about who isn't a white supremacist. I mean, mm-hmm. if we did an episode about Tucker, any Fox News personality, we'd be talking about a white supremacist. Um, but also, I just bought a book about the lost cause of the Confederacy narrative that I do want to finish before we get to that episode. Right, so I need just another done two the weeks. Reading before the seminar, yeah, though. I got a, a little bit of reading to do before we do this. So we're we doing
2: that. <laughs> he said, having prepared nothing for any episode <laughs> ever.
0: Uh, oh God, you want to pretend that I don't prepare for these episodes? I will send you my outlines. No,
2: me, I know. you. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, I thought you were
0: talking about me, sarcastic jackass. The rarest of. Yes, (laughs) but instead this week, Benedict, we're going to be going with something a little bit lighter, and Mm -hmm. also because I'm trying to stay somewhat chronologically with stuff that started back in the day, we're going to be talking today about the tax protest and sovereign citizen movements. Okay, so this is.
2: You're saying this is pre. Lost cause of the convention. No, no, no,
0: no, no. Okay. No, I'm just saying that it, you know, it, it's an older thing. Like, it's it's older, you know? Like, okay. it's not completely modern day because there's there's going to be a point where we get to the more modern day stuff. But first, we've okay. got to talk about some of this older stuff. And this starts back, you know, in the 50s. So, okay. so it's, a, it's just older. But when I say tax protester, what exactly mm-hmm. do you think of?
2: Uh, Well, in my head, it's the, like, american revolution okay that, that's, that's an interesting one if yeah. i'm if i'm going with like mad libs <laughs> like what what or like word association like that's what i that but that might be because i'm british
0: uh, yeah or, it also very much might be because of that or
2: i guess like i don't know the tea party I see guess. that's like, the one i thought you would have the gone second with one yeah, so that, that would be a one. I mean, one why that is it called the Tea in. Party? Because people protesting against
0: taxes. <laughs> because they're also whiny assholes. Uh, but tax protesters, uh, rather than just being people who don't like taxes, uh, are people who think that they have a constitutional or legal argument that taxes of various sorts, usually the federal income tax, are illegal.
2: So, all tax protesters. Yeah, generally,
0: yeah. yeah. So, for background, the 16th Amendment was ratified in 1913. Okay.
2: And a lot of people tell me what that is.
0: Well, that's the one that legalized the income tax. Because before that, you couldn't have a federal income tax. Can you read me the text of it? I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Do you? Do you need to hear it?
2: I do. Yeah, I think that would be informational for the people. Let me pull it up.
0: (laughs) It is quote: "The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived, without apportionment among the several states, and without regard to any census or enumeration." And that last bit there, right, that was the previous lay of the land, that taxes had to be apportioned among the states uh, and, you know, with regard to these other factors. So the 16th Amendment allowed for an individualized income tax. Okay. So that's 1913. And a lot of complaints about the income tax were pretty much the same to what we hear now, right? Mm-hmm. Progressive tax is socialism, taking my money is socialism, Marx called for a progressive income tax, blah, 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 blah. all the same I stuff. I don't like his socialism. Exactly. Literally. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, and early on, the movement was uh, more related to reality, right? Okay. They tried to repeal the 16th Amendment. Uh, in 1952, they introduced what they called the Liberty Amendment. Uh, which is really states rights nonsense that you know got some attention from the libertarians but was really doomed to fail
2: is there like, anyone i would have heard of the Ron have been fucking
0: paul okay you know
2: I mean, it sure but like in the original <laughs> the in the 1950s even he's not oh he might be that old he, i think was he was born in
0: 1930 something yeah didn't we hear that yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah.
2: it was 1930s but i, I don't know i mean he, he would have he been a teenager
0: first right like he was, right but he, yeah. and he would have just been a teenager at that time yeah, right yeah. so he wouldn't have been a, um i don't remember but anyone
2: like, was not it's not like a barry goldwater thing or
0: i mean i'm sure Barry Goldwater supported it. Uh, I'm 100% sure that he did, but I Mm -hmm. didn't take the time to look into, like, who actually introduced it, because, like I said, it was really not a big deal. It's it's just a a nothing that never happened. So, uh, not really incredibly important. But... Eventually, they gave up their hopes on repealing the income tax and turned to, shall we say, more esoteric means of avoiding taxes. Okay, uh, they started to come up with, shall we call them, alternative interpretations of the Sixteenth sure. Amendment which is to say not an interpretation of the 16th Amendment, just really mm. you saying you don't want to pay any taxes. Um, so take- That seems like pretty
2: clear language. Like of all the amendments, <laughs> so it's, it's, very, it's like two lines. Yeah. And it very explicitly says, Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes well, on income. Well, they'll
0: do it in conjunction with other pieces of law that they don't understand, right? So sure. they take the 16th Amendment or the tax laws or any snippet of law they get out of context and say that it means something that it absolutely doesn't mean. Uh, and the first person who we know was, like, trying to do this big time was a Wichita, Kansas building contractor named Arnold or Arthur Porth okay. uh, that filed a claim in 1951 to recover his income tax payment of $151. Okay. And he argued that the income tax was unconstitutional because it placed the taxpayer in a position of involuntary servitude in violation of the 13th Amendment no he lost he lost yeah. that case as he would suspect right <laughs> yeah seems right then in the 1960s poth filed a blank tax return that contained only a declaration that he was pleading the fifth amendment right against self-incrimination
2: okay that's a bit more creative that is
0: very creative yeah. i will give him credit get, for I'll that i'll get
2: on board with that i plead the fifth on whether i made any income last year <laughs>
0: Well, you know, it is a thing where people who and who work in professions that are illegal, people, you know, whether it's selling drugs, whether it's sex work, um, they do still file taxes because they don't mm-hmm. they don't want to get hit by the IRS. Yeah, I mean,
2: even even non-resident. I mean, you know, people people who are here without papers mm-hmm. will file taxes. Yeah,
0: and they will get around it by doing things like, uh, you know, they will will not state what the source of the income is, mm-hmm. right? They will. Uh, filing the, or uh, an alternative way of doing it that I've heard about, and I haven't looked into it to see whether this works, is filing taxes and not providing any sort of, you know, identifying information about yourself, just like mm-hmm. sending money. And then, you know, you keep records so that if it ever came to it, you could prove that you had paid mm-hmm. that tax money. So there are you know, interesting ways that people have to try and get around this. Uh, but again, you know, he was unsuccessful. On that argument. It it didn't work.
2: You would think that people would be like, I know that income tax is its own thing, but like I would be I'm like sales tax to me is way more annoying. Mm-hmm. You well, would think that would be the thing that people would be up in arms about.
0: You know, these people don't like that one either. That's fair. <laughs> They're not fans of
2: that one either. It just really messes. I think, like in, in the UK, everything is like Taxes included in all the prices. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know how much it's going to cost when you get to the register. Here, it's a fucking lottery. You never know uh, how much a thing is going to cost when you get to the register. Well,
0: just because you can't do that math in your head. Like, I get yeah. it. Put put the complete price on the sticker. That'd be great. Yeah. But uh, uh, I, I think it's not But why not just do convincing. that, you
2: weirdos?
0: Uh, because we're strange here in the United yeah. States. Haven't you learned that yet? Yeah. Uh, so Poth spent a number of uh, prison sentences uh, for tax avoidance-related crimes, of course. You're telling me busy.
2: pleading the fifth about his
0: income did not work? <laughs> no, it did not work. Right. Um, other arguments that these sorts of people used uh, included that paper money was not redeemable in coins and thus not legitimate currency... Uh, this is called the dollar defense. Another strategy and one that has been I love somewhat
2: creatively this is so funny.
0: <laughs> right, it's very creative. Another yeah. one that they tried that still uh, happens sometimes today is to create a church and Ben can you see the air quotes I'm doing? I can hear can you the air see quotes. See the air yeah, quotes I a can church hear them. Of which they were the preacher and also the sole member of the congregation and which had no physical location except for being internal to their body. So, of Mm. course, any money that they were paid was being given to a church and was thus tax free. And that one, as a matter of fact, did sometimes work. To the extent that the IRS doesn't have the time to figure out whether every single nonprofit that is filed is legit or not. Yeah. So you might be able to get away with it for it's, a couple years.
2: It's like, is it worth this dickhead's $10,000 in tax for us to, like...
0: Right, exactly. So some people have managed to get away with that one for a while. Uh, But the real boom time for the tax protester movement came in the 1970s, which I should also note coincides with the beginning of the real hardcore militia movement in the United Mm. States, which is often— That
2: feels like it's going to be a Chekhov's gun situation on this (laughs) podcast.
0: (laughs) It's a group that these people are often pretty related to and and involved with, as you might suspect. But uh, one of the most prominent figures in this movement, uh, the tax protest movement, was a man by the name of Irwin Schiff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to being a big tax protester, right, he's also a big gold bug who wanted U.S. dollars backed by gold.
2: <laughs> what What a shock that those two things overlap.
0: Yeah, yeah, who would have thought such a thing could ever happen? There's so many, I, I do have, I don't know if it's on the copy I sent to you, because a couple weeks ago I sent you my prospective list of episodes for this whole series. And that is like, it's doubled since I sent you the original, but I did have an episode about gold bugs um, yeah, yeah. planned in there somewhere. <laughs> I'll right? tell you
2: what. I will file taxes if you give me whatever refund i owed in gold bullion.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they'd, they'd love that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he was a, a huge gold bug. And while beyond the ideology i can't figure out what the gold thing is i often suspect it's because they themselves holds large amounts of gold and would get a huge windfall if we actually went back on the gold standard i tend to think that might be a, a motivation but he would basically it's like
2: ref- it's like crypto bros being like yeah. oh
0: yeah crypto is the
2: next big thing lads yeah yes shady. yes
0: <laughs> he would basically refuse to file his taxes then get convicted Uh, spend a few months or years in prison, then get out and do it all over again, while holding seminars telling people that they don't need to file taxes because taxes are illegal, and you can beat the government with this one simple trick, Mm -hmm. followed by him going back to prison for tax evasion. (laughs) And he was convicted in 1979, for failing to file taxes from the years 1973 to 1975, basically because he went on NBC News to say that he was doing this, uh, which actually got the IRS's attention. Are you
2: taking notes on a criminal conspiracy (laughs) again? Like, motherfucker. Uh,
0: He did, I believe, about a year for that one. Then again, refused to file income taxes for the years 1979 to 1985, um, and I believe that may be the one, uh, th- th- these people always point to, well, he got off on this one. I think he might've gotten off on, uh, the civil case, not the mm. criminal case, because uh, he argued that he legitimately didn't believe he had to pay taxes mm. and as such didn't have the requisite intent that was, uh, it required for the civil penalty statute, gotcha. um, So, you know, it's like, I'm dumb enough to spend all this time in prison and legitimately not believe I need to pay taxes. So, uh, you can't get me on this. Great, that worked out. Sure, yeah, good job, man. Then once again in 2005, he was convicted for false filings from the years 1997 to 2002. And sadly, that would be his last conviction, as he died in prison in 2015 while serving a 13.5-year sentence, which I genuinely do not wish on anyone. Um, His website... PayNoIncomeTax.com is uh, archived by the Wayback Machine. Cool. It is a good ramble. If you're interested in this weirdness, right. I will link it uh, the in the show I love the Wayback Machine. Oh, is yeah. phenomenal. Oh, and this is like peak 1995 website. Love this it. is like totally, uh, you know, GeoCities looking shit he's got going on there. So it's uh, take a look if you want to see that. I'll put it in the show notes. But fear not. Uh, his son Peter Schiff is still around and is a gold bug who owns a precious metal sales company. Uh, is one of those guys who puts on those radio ads like, this man who predicted the 2008 crash believes Mm -hmm. there's an unprecedented event about to take place, blah, blah, blah. And of course, he didn't predict 2008. He's just someone who always says that a collapse is coming. So when one happens, he gets to claim that he predicted it, right? That's the way these people work. And of course, both he and his father were regular guests on the Alex Jones show. uh, With Peter usually coming on to scream about a coming collapse and sell gold or Bitcoin or whatever. I think he's a big Bitcoin guide now which is great on the day that we are recording this as bitcoin is cratering even further you gotta love it not but, today uh, it's
2: rebounded a bit today i think
0: eh, it's not doing great it's
2: not doing great
0: no but arguments from you know this time period for the tax protest movement uh, included things like a requirement to file tax returns violates the first amendment freedom of speech protections okay uh-huh. but then
2: so does everything so True. Uh,
0: that tax laws only apply to residents of limited areas like Washington, D.C. or the federal territories, because apparently they think federal law only applies there. Uh, that tax laws only apply to federal employees. Uh, that income taxes are dependent upon a contractual arrangement between this an individual and the silly. government. It's
2: a very clear amendment. It's like a shockingly clear amendment to the Constitution. It's very clear, but people really don't want to pay
0: taxes. <laughs> One of the ones that they do uh, was that the 16th Amendment wasn't lawfully ratified because Ohio was not legally a state at the time it ratified the amendment.
2: Okay. But, I mean,
0: 1913, yes. Sure. yeah, Yeah
2: but isn't it only two-thirds of states that have to ratify anyway?
0: Benedict, these people don't care about okay. reality. Can you,
2: has this ever been, has this ever gone, has any one of these protests ever gone all the way to the Supreme Court?
0: Not to the Supreme Court, ah, but they boy. do often find themselves in court trying to make these arguments completely unsuccessfully, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these these things, these are not winning arguments. These yeah. are things where anyone who knows anything about actual law will look at these things and go, no, that's, <laughs> that's some dumb, yeah. dumb bullshit. Uh, and of course, they will also argue that quote sovereign citizens are Mm. exempt from the income tax and that is where our friends the sovereign citizens come into the picture gotcha okay let's do that by the early 1980s most of the tax protesters had morphed into this sovereign citizen ideology probably because you know the they had failed so much with the tax protest stuff, they needed something new. Uh, and even though it's already completely, absolutely bogus, it fills a lot of the needs that these people have, including serving almost any conspiracy that they would want to believe in, right? Okay. And so... so okay, all right. Here's, I'll give you a list. This okay. is, I'm calling this my list of uh, uh, phrases that should alert you that you're mm-hmm. dealing with a sovereign citizen. Uh, if you get two, you can be confident. If you get three, you're a winner. You got a sovereign okay. citizen. So one is calling themselves freemen on the land. Okay. Very common sovereign citizen praise. Uh, one, another one is saying that they are not driving, they are traveling when they are operating a motor vehicle. Okay, because
2: driving it. is something that the government can tax? Or?
0: Because it's a worthless distinction they think has to do with magic words. Okay. Um, calling the United States a corporation. <laughs> <Sure>. uh, <laughs> saying that they do not consent to contract In response to being told to obey a law of some sorts. Okay. Uh, Use of the phrase sui juris, where it makes absolutely no sense to use that phrase. Okay. Uh, References to the Uniform Commercial Code, where, again, it makes absolutely no sense. Sure. Describing things that are not a tax as a tax. Such as? uh, Driver's license fee, uh, car registration. So any money you pay to the uh,
2: federal government. uh,
0: a fine for speeding. Yes. Any, anything like that, describing that as a tax. Um, the phrase, am I being detained? Which also (laughs) you hear a lot from libertarian types, but yeah, there's a lot I, of me, overlap between libertarians. For, I and sovereign feel like citizens. that's an
2: okay, that's an okay thing. That's
0: to why I that. said if you, you know, if you just get one of these, it might not be a sovereign okay. citizen. Okay. If you get multiple of them, you I have a I feel like citizen
2: on your hands. a couple of these. If you just get one of them, that's a pretty clear sign. Like some yeah, of them, are 50 some of them. 50, like for like,
0: example, saying that they are not John Smith, for example, the straw man. I am the flesh and blood, living soul known as John Smith. A pretty that, feel, clear, that
2: feels like a clear one. That's yeah, that a pretty feels... clear one,
0: right? And then, of course, asking whether they are in an admiralty court and focusing on things like whether or not there is a gold fringe on the flag. Right. <laughs> I think we've all heard that one before, yeah, right? sure. But sovereign citizens, uh, the, the ideology really comes from an organization, or I should say has early origins in an organization called Posse Comitatus, which was founded by a John Birch Society member named William Potter Gale. Uh, he was also a member of a California anti-tax extremist group called the California Rangers. Okay. Uh, he was also associated with a group that called the Christian Defense League, which, to give you an idea, once sent out a mailer that said, quote, The NAACP represents the Negro. The ADL represents the Jews. Who represents you, the white Christian?
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. The KKK. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, he was also a member of the Christian Identity Religious Movement, an explicitly white supremacist religion uh, that holds that non-whites literally do not have souls. Oh, uh, That's yeah. a new one. It's, <laughs> we're going to be talking about it eventually on an episode. Uh, and Posse Comitatus is based on the Sheriff's Act of 1887, which allowed sheriffs to form posses to track down criminals. And Gale and his people believed that they were operating under the quote-unquote common law, which they defined as law based on their interpretation of the Bible rather than, you know, actual law. Is
2: that what common law
0: is? That is not what common no, law is, Benedict. So. That is not at all what common law is. I mean, common law is an important legal principle that we uh, we rely on, that we need. Um, it's something that's that's present in American law. It's present in British law. It's basically just law... Based on sort of common ish sense and principle that's developed. Yeah, we by didn't judges. write this
2: down, but like, right. come on.
0: It's not a statute. It's more judge made law. That's yeah. what common law actually is. That's not what they think common law no. is. And it's certainly not what the modern day sovereign is. think. Well, citizens isn't
2: Jesus the lies. first judge, really? <laughs> so,
0: No, Jesus was canceled by the first uh, judge. Oh, Jesus uh, was
2: canceled by the Romans. Yeah, not like that. <laughs>
0: But you hear sovereign citizens talking about common law a lot. Okay. Um, and they rarely bother to define what they think it is rather than being like what they believe law is rather than what actual law is. Okay. Uh, so Gail, his group, did commit violent acts and get into shootouts with police, which is another common fun activity of sovereign citizens. Mm. They tend to like to do that sort of thing. And sovereign citizens, I should note, are the most deadly single group in the country for really? police, even more oh. so than militia groups, uh, who also tended to be pretty anti-police in the 1980s and 1990s until many of those uh, white supremacist militia members became police themselves. That's a whole nother episode.
2: That is a whole episode arc, I think.
0: Yes, indeed. And there's a lot of variation uh, among specific sovereign citizens, like in any decentralized conspiracy movement, but there are a lot of major ideas that many adherents hold in common, right? So they believe that the American government was set up by the founding fathers under a common law legal system that was secretly replaced, uh, and they think the replacement government swapped common law for admiralty law, which is the law of the sea and international (laughs) commerce. So we're living under Admiralty law, Benedict. Admiralty so
2: America law. is now international water. Like what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you do hear them talk of they like they use like you know uh, maritime phrases sometimes, like like A-ha seen- me
2: hearties. or
0: like No, <laughs> no, but like they will say, I am not the uh, like I'm the, not the no, captain uh, of this ship. I have it later in my notes when we talk about one of these people in specific. I can't remember the phrase exactly that she used, but it's uh, it's later in my notes. We'll get to it unless okay. I miss it. A vast. But many sovereign citizens <laughs> believe that the U.S. stopped being a country and started being a corporation in 1871. Benedict. Right. You have any inkling why 1871 would be when that happened? Reconstruction, I... because that's when the 14th Amendment was yeah. passed, <laughs> and a lot of these people also operate so, under a sort how did of that alternate make it a corporation. Don't ask questions about stupid things. <laughs> I Look, I tried to yeah, find an answer to that. Problem, and
2: like, I'm engaging with them on their terms again. One of the, is the things
0: like, is it. like, you know, uh, you know, they'll say basic things like, you know, because that's when the power was taken from the people and given to this entity called the U.S. government. And they'll claim that, like, oh, it was uh, incorporated and you can, like, look up these documents mm-hmm. and see. It's all over the place, right? It's not consistent whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of them have a sort of alternate history that they ascribe to, right? Okay. Uh, and for many of them, they'll say, you know, since 1933, the U.S. dollar hasn't been backed by gold, but by the full faith and credit of the United States, which is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and according to sovereign citizens, to get that full faith and credit, the U.S. has pledged the citizens of the country as collateral by selling their future earnings potential to uh, pick your boogeyman: the banks, the globalists, the, the Jews, Soviet Union, the Chinese, <laughs> whichever yeah. boogeyman you want to claim. That's who you the have been sold of the to. Month. Yeah. And they claim that this happens at birth because when children are born in the U.S., a birth certificate is issued and you get right. a social security number. And the birth certificate, they say, sets up a corporate trust in your name, which is a secret treasury account containing every, anywhere from $500,000 to $20 million, depending on which wackadoo you're asking.
1: Mm-hmm. And, of
0: course, we all know that is because it's your birth certificate, is printed uh, with a name in capital letters, uh, except in places where it isn't. Uh, The reality is that most counties, that's done because it's clearer to read, so as to avoid mistakes or misinterpretation. But, but also, of course, the real reality is that the capital letters are the corporate shell entity created by the United States, also all in capital letters, which, of course, is also a corporate entity, and so, therefore, any government documents, regulations, laws do not apply... To the person, because they only apply to their corporate shell identity, and of course, this also means that sovereign citizens do not believe in things like driver's licenses or car registration or fishing licenses or marriage license, and of course, they Benet, bring it writing? back, tax laws. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Is that why they say they're traveling, not driving? Because none of them yes. are actually allowed to Yes, and
0: to so that drive. goes into like deep sovereign, not very deep sovereign citizen lore, but like part of the sovereign citizen lore being about that uh, laws like driver's licenses and car registration only apply to commercial vehicles. Mm. And they'll say that I'm not you driving. You Dri- me
2: driving this tank.
0: Driving is a commercial activity. I'm not engaging in commerce. I am traveling. And of mm. course, there is a right to travel under the Constitution, that's which does not mean bullshit, what they think like, it
2: means. Right. I drive sheep and that's a commercial. Like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah, there's some, some gonna shit be like some that. Bullshit like, like I drive cattle to the river. or like, Yes
0: exactly some some shit like that right because it's all bullshit wordplay it's really so much of it is just bad wordplay it's really surprising to me when i get down to it how much of it is just that
2: no that does not (laughs) not surprise me that seems like a lot of lore is just that though to be fair oh
0: yeah Yeah, this is also to be true uh but some of them create their own driver's licenses or license place um I will post a picture of one of these because they are kind of funny. I do I do get a chuckle out of them because they'll just be like a piece of cardboard that they will put in the slot where the license plate on the car would go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it'll just be like, I can travel. You can't stop me or some shit like that. Sure. <laughs> and it does make me chuckle a little bit. So I will, uh, I will try and find one of those. And I, I have one. Uh, there was one I found. Somebody posted, it was like a court clerk from Kansas City, Missouri, uh, wrote up this presentation, a PowerPoint, about sovereign citizens because they encounter these people. Uh, and, like, she put a picture of one of these in it. And I, it's, here it is in front of me. It says, uh, in top left corner, not a motor vehicle. Mm. In top right corner, not a driver for hire. And then in the middle, lawfully private traveling. I think that's supposed to be where it's, like, lawfully traveling and then private is the big one in the middle and they're read okay. separately. Yeah, and it's just, it's not for commerce use, private mode of travel, no driver's license or insurance required. Of course, they also don't get insurance either. Um, But many of them also, of course, uh, believe that it's possible to separate from their corporate shell identity by filing a whole bunch of nonsense paperwork with the Secretary of State, uh, signing it with blood or a thumbprint, and having their new sovereign identity published in a newspaper.
2: What about a blood and a thumbprint?
0: I think some of them do do bloody thumbprints <laughs> because this court clerk in her uh, PowerPoint presentation did mention a bloody thumbprint, I think. So some of them will just, you know, cut out the middleman. Let's do blood and the thumbprint. Uh, yeah, yeah. These people are, are a little strange. Yeah. Um, of course, some of them also think that they can uh, somehow tap into that secret treasury account that they think exists with more insane paperwork and forms, none of which obviously ever works, except for the ones who have gone all the way to just filing fake tax returns and getting a large refund that they claim is from that secret account and then oh, later wow, getting okay. prosecuted for tax
2: fraud. That's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, they will just claim they made like, you know, $10 million and that they paid like, you know— million in taxes, so they should be getting all that money back or some shit like that, right? Yeah, why not? It's, uh, and you know, like I said, the IRS doesn't have time to read. A lot of it is automated, right? A lot of IRS stuff is just automated. And so they don't have like the the people or the manpower to check in all this stuff. And some people can scam the system and get away yeah. with it for a little while. When,
2: when do you think it bec- like at what point do you think it becomes worth it for the IRS to
0: actually oh, investigate God. people?
2: Like how much do I mean, I know that like, they have to owe? I'm sure there's a calculation.
0: There's a there, like the IRS is one of the government departments that gives us our best return on investment. If you want mm-hmm. to use that sort of phrasing as far as money we put into it versus what we get out of it, right? So you just increase the number of... collect
2: all the money.
0: (laughs) Right. You can increase the number of investigators' things and you you just get more, you know, that you're going to catch more of the fraud, you're going to get more correct uh, uh, accounting for what people are filing and all that. Mm. Um, I don't know. There has to be, like, a... I I also know there are huge problems with the fact the IRS often goes after people who, you know, are poor or who have very small returns
2: versus going after the wealthy people. The Panama Papers, like...
0: Right, and that's because, I think, you know, the wealthy people have the money to hire uh, people like me, if we're going to be honest about it. To make it difficult. (laughs) High-powered lawyers. Yeah, difficult
2: and expensive to find this stuff.
0: Exactly. So the IRS is like, well, we could sink all this time and money into going after the rich guy, or we could just go after 500 poor people uh, and get, you know, 5,000 back from them that they got in extra tax returns.
2: Send one letter and right be, and right people into paying
0: yeah, yeah and it's it's some bullshit it's some bullshit mm-hmm. uh but as i mentioned uh, sovereign citizens believe under their own interpretation of the constitution that freedom of movement which is a component of the privileges and immunities clause of the constitution means that they don't need to register to get a driver's license any of that kind of stuff um and they are preferred and oftentimes this means that they end up you know getting hauled into jail uh, mm-hmm. when they when you know they they get pulled over they don't have a license they don't have insurance they don't have a registration all this sort of stuff and that's you see a lot of interactions between them and police because of this very re- refusal to get a driver's license or pay a registration fee, any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's part of when you know they end up being very dangerous because mm-hmm. some of them do firmly believe these things and they believe that this is a, an attack on their rights for them to be pulled over. For you know, not sure. having a, a license plate or whatever, yeah, and yeah. and you see a lot of a lot I of presume crazy they're, shit.
2: they're firm believers in the Second Amendment, though.
0: They are also yeah. very firm <laughs> believers in the Second Amendment. You yeah, are of seems, course one hundred percent right. <laughs> uh, and one of the things that they'll do when they are they feel slighted by someone, whether it be a cop or a judge or a court clerk or whoever, is something that's referred to as paper terrorism. In okay. which they will just file hundreds or thousands of pages of absolute meaningless nonsense in courts, often in the form of liens. Mm. And a lien is a claim is something that says that you have a claim to property of someone else. Okay. Um, and oftentimes they will file dozens of these against a person who they feel uh, has wronged them. Uh, because they think that they can privately... Inf- it's, a, it's, again, more Sovereign Citizen lore stuff about how they think they can privately enforce uh, law on their own through the use of these liens and stuff. And there's, of course, no legal backing to this, and it often is a form of fraud to file these false liens, but they will never actually seek to enforce them. So these will get filed, and they will sit on the books, and no one will ever give a shit because nothing happens about them, but they can wreck the credit. Of the person who they are filed against because they might show up when someone does a search on that person That's for so their credit annoying. worthiness. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. It's, it's really also not just great.
2: like flooding the zone with bullshit again. Oh, it like, also that's is so that. Many times. Like a
0: lot of the stuff they'll file is just absolute nonsense, gobbledygook bullshit. Like, okay. that like, really is. We'll talk about it in a moment when we get to one of these people. Uh, but, best estimates that we have out there, that's about 100,000 to 300,000 sovereign citizens in the that United is States. That's too many. It is very many, right? That is an astonishing amount even though we have 300 and some million people in this country that is a yeah. fucking lot yeah
2: it's it's, it's not none
0: <laughs> yeah in Kansas City, Missouri uh, three sovereign citizens citizens were convicted of conspiracy uh, for issuing fake diplomatic credentials and charging Ooh. their customers between 450 to 2,000 dollars for them great, great who stuff. were they
2: selling to? They were selling to other sovereign citizens. Other
0: sovereign citizens who believe, because these fake diplomatic credentials were supposed to be like a form of ID that you have. Because remember, they think that they are foreign nationals to the United States, corporate entity.
2: Jesus fucking Christ. That's it? You couldn't have picked a more complex topic to try
0: and explain. Well, the, the thing is that it is complex in the sense that their lore is so deep. Like, yeah. deeper than any Star Wars fanfic you could ever <laughs> delve into, right? It's it's much deeper lore. Good but, thing we're trying to tell
2: it all in one podcast episode.
0: At the same time, it just doesn't really matter the specifics of all their lore because it's all absolute horseshit nonsense, right? Mm. At its core, it's just nothing. It's a giant nothing burger. Um, and, you know, obviously, there, there's a lot of people. Like, one of the most prominent guys in this series is a guy named Alfred Adask. Um, he's, you know, he's said a lot of things inspiring violence. He did an interview with 60 Minutes in 2019, I think. Um, he said during that, uh, I think, that we have the right to keep and bear arms in order to shoot our own politicians. Cool. Is, it's not great. Uh, the the Bundys of the Bundy Ranch standoff mm-hmm. and the Malheur Wildlife Refuge occupation are also sovereign citizens.
2: Oh, interesting. They're not, like, uh, yep. first and foremost sovereign citizens there, right?
0: Like no, they are foremost religious cultists. Yeah. Um I mean, they're they're very much sovereign citizens. They're very deep in that world. They believe the stuff. Uh, they're also, you know, they're militia. Also, militia members. Mm. Um, there's all sorts of stuff going on there with the Bundys. And if you want more on them, I would very much recommend uh, you go listen to the Bundyville podcast, which was a project of Oregon Public Media uh, and NPR, uh, which is a fantastic exploration of them and. Everything that was going on there, really great stuff. But Lavoy Finnicum, who was the one person who was killed by the police at the Malheur Wildlife Standoff, mm-hmm. uh, and is a major martyr figure to people in this world—you uh, know, sovereign citizens, white separatists, militias—all those—he had a toe in all those worlds. He was also a sovereign citizen, of course. Okay, right, cool. So there are some connected uh, groups and and ideologies, right? You know, there's you have a core, a core set of beliefs, and then there are spokes stemming off the wheel from all these things, right? Mm-hmm. The constitutional sheriff movement, which I believe I mentioned you on definitely a previous episode, referenced
2: it last time that the uh, sheriffs are the highest power in the land. Yes,
0: like, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. It is related to sovereign citizen ideology. Okay, it's that
2: ma- sounds right with the posse stuff that
0: you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is promoted primarily by a group called the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Which was Who found- just
2: happened to be made up entirely of sheriffs. Just <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe one sheriff and, and some militia members. Um, it was founded in 2011 by former Arizona recent. sheriff. Okay. Yeah. Former Arizona sheriff Richard Mack, who is a major piece of shit, uh, who was also on the board of the Oath Keepers. Uh, Is a regular guest on a white supremacist radio show and podcast called The Political Cesspool, which is run by neo-Nazi James Edwards, and which is also simulcast on the Stormfront website, which is not to be confused with the Daily Stormer, an Mm. entirely different neo-Nazi website. Uh, And, of course, Mac also makes regular appearances on The Alex Jones Show and is a regular speaker at John Birch Society events. Cool. Cool. But the constitutional sheriffs believe that the sheriff is the highest law enforcement official in their county and as such is not subject to any federal or state oversight.
2: I think there's probably a lot of sheriffs that believe that.
0: <laughs> I think there's a lot that sort of implicitly believe it but Even haven't if developed not part the ideology. Of this movement, I think there yeah. so
2: there probably are a lot of sheriffs that are yeah. like yep that would be true.
0: Yep, yep, a lot of them that pronounce the word white as white. Yep. Um and this ideology developed like sovereign citizen ideology did out of the posse comitatus movement that yeah, we talked that about earlier.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: A lot of what they do is use their powers to harass state and federal employees, uh, you know, support the wackadoo far-right ideologies, refuse to enforce gun laws and COVID restrictions and all that sort of stuff. And in essence, they think that sheriffs, not judges, get to say what is constitutional. I mean, I mean literally. Like he thinks that sheriffs just have to study the Constitution and they get to decide what's constitutional. Which is obviously a false, especially when you, you look know at the insane the things they believe. Works. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and you know some of the things they've done, right? They have like arrested people who are critics of them, um, which is absolutely a violation of their civil rights. <laughs> absolutely uh, illegal. Yeah. Just you know, people who criticize uh, sheriffs that believe this stuff, they'll they'll arrest them and things. Um, there's no basis to this ideology whatsoever, right? Uh, and, and sheriffs are of course subject to state and federal law, as Joe Arpaio learned. Who, by the way, also supports the constitutional sheriffs movement. <laughs> And in 2020, Sheriff Dar Leaf—that is his name, Dar Leaf, D-A-R-L-E-A-F, first and last name—in uh, Barry County, Michigan, who is a CSPOA Constitutional Sheriffs uh, Police Association) uh, member, tried to enlist his fellow constitutional sheriffs to form a posse and seize voting machines to stop the steal. Awesome. Apparently nobody wanted was, to play his was, reindeer uh, games was there, though.
2: a member of this movement, by any chance?
0: I don't know if he is a CSPOA member. I know he is supportive of and has spoken well of Richard Mack, and I think has spoken at one of their events in the past. Um, but this guy who tried to seize voting machines didn't have anyone who would who would play along with them, so he just sort of gave up on it. It's really pathetic because I read an interview of him afterwards because this was like all brought out by the you know uh, journalists later. They didn't know about it at the time. And he, like, his comment was like, that was part of an ongoing investigation, and I, I'm not sad and alone and, and weird. It's my really my kids stuff. don't hate me. <laughs> if I can find that article again, I will link to it. Um, but of course, during the Trump years and during the COVID pandemic, there has been a rise in this sort of ideology, at least as far as their visibility has gone. Uh, sovereign citizens are very dangerous I think the ideology itself is dangerous in part because it starts at a very extreme position um, and the people in the movement are constantly talking about violence as justified against what they see as state aggression, like speeding tickets and then you tie it into you know the fact that many of them believe that it's an anti-Semitic conspiracy against them, uh, where everyone is in the cahoots with Jews and the Masons and the Illuminati and you can see why it gets worrying that that would be the case uh, a 2014 survey of law enforcement, which take with a grain of salt, uh, because they can't be trusted, found them to be the number one perceived threat to police in the country. So police, when surveyed, believe that sovereign citizens are the greatest threat to their own personal physical safety. Which, you know, I can, I can see how that's the case, and I think I agree with it. Sure. And like many extremist groups, they have allies in the Republican Party. Benedict... Good friend of ours, Ron Paul, spoke to a sovereign right. citizen yeah, conference. Why
2: wouldn't he have done? That
0: sounds good. What was this? What year? <laughs> Give year. Called Give the year. Freedom Law Conference in 2012. Awesome. 2012. oh god
2: not that long ago
0: the internet was around in 2012 you're not allowed to believe these things and be taken seriously when the internet is around you're not allowed to run for president and speak to us oh god he was running for president at that time yeah that's right holy shit uh, in, Wait, 2000... did he run in 2012? yeah, he did. Yeah he did. yeah, he did. He yeah, yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand seven, uh, Ron Paul discussed a couple, Edward and Elaine Brown, who were sovereign citizens that had been charged with tax avoidance crimes, and he compared them to MLK and Gandhi for cool. for refusing, so to, pay refusing taxes to pay taxes as cool. sovereign awesome. citizens. And uh, Republican state representative Richard Marple in New Hampshire introduced a bill that was just a hodgepodge of sovereign citizen nonsense. It essentially would have. Made sovereign citizen ideology the law is. It, I mean, it had no chance of going anywhere. No. But a re- an elected state representative into introduced a sovereign citizen law that would have been like, yeah. You can travel without the a license. Is also, and,
2: like, you always say, oh, that shit has no chance of becoming a law. And then, <laughs> like, judges are like, yep.
0: I really shouldn't say things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I really exactly. shouldn't. Yeah. And also, because to believe the sort of things like this, you, you sort of have to already be unhinged. And you might be, I think that's part of the other uh, component, right? Why it might be sort of violent. Uh, it makes you sort of susceptible to the violent impulses sure. of the movement. And, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, criticize people for mental health issues or whatnot. But I think those sorts of people are drawn to this sort of thing, which tells them that they are correct for having the suspicions that they have and all those sorts of things. And they've been killing cops, government employees, and others who they think are part of this system that's working against them for many years. Uh, For an example, in 2010... 45-year-old Jerry Kane was pulled over in Arkansas for driving without license plates. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cops found out that he had no license and the vehicle was registered to a fake nonprofit, and that he had two warrants out for his arrest. Uh, So they started to arrest him. And at that point, his 16-year-old son, Joseph Kane, who had been indoctrinated by his father into this sovereign citizen movement, got out of the passenger side of the car with an AK-47 and started firing at the Arkansas State Police Officers. Uh, The two officers who pulled them over were killed. Uh, They were later found in a Walmart parking lot where they shot two more police officers before an off-duty fish and wildlife officer rammed their car with his and returned fire, killing the father, Jerry, and wounding Joseph, who refused to surrender and was eventually killed by other officers uh, in the ensuing gunfight. Uh, Travis Ranking, the Nashville Waffle House shooter who killed four and injured four more, was a sovereign citizen himself who before the 2018 massacre had been arrested near the White House in 2017, demanding that he be allowed to speak with Trump because he had an appointment. And he also, i would, you know, he also was schizophrenic. He had a legitimate mental health disorder. Um, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to, like, say anything, you know, about people with mental health disorders, but I think they do tend to be drawn towards these sort of paranoid movements. Uh, I think there's an obvious reason for that. Um, and I was able to track down at least uh, you know uh, eight or nine other police and government officials who had been murdered by sovereign citizens. I'll link to the, a page on the uh, SPLC website, which has some of them, but it's not complete. And then, Benedict, there was a fun incident, which I will play some audio for. Let's us. do it.
2: Love some audio. I'm sick of uh, your voice. <laughs> Give me some crazy shit. Let's go.
0: And I want to say this was uh, 2021 uh, at your homeland uh, of, of the United Kingdom. Oh, God. Who did it? edinburgh castle oh okay uh some edinburgh. sovereign ci- some some Please uk quickly. sure some scottish sovereign citizens decided they would take the the country country Wait, commonwealth scottish whatever it is back citizens? yes they were going to take it back How? because the magna carta says that they can okay
2: all right let's hear it Okay. Oh, no, come on. We We're so we've seized edinburgh castle in scotland That's really this
0: castle you have not seen people no they absolutely have not been they absolutely <laughs> it, have not the best abso- thing about this video it the is best
2: absolutely <laughs> <thing> <laughs> open to the public
0: <laughs> the best thing about this video is that for like the majority of it there are just like tour guides standing around
2: did and they did they pay to get into edinburgh i don't castle, know if they did happened?
0: i don't we know if they did it. but the, the, the thrust of this entire video, the best thing about it is everyone they encounter not giving a fuck about yeah, what they're doing. That's very British. belongs <laughs> <laughs> to the Commonwealth. Yeah, yeah. we belongs to, to the Commonwealth. Modern and historically it has been hidden from
1: the
2: people of Scotland Thank and that. the Commonwealth for far too long. The game's Hidden. over
0: for these people. We hid the castle. The deception comes to an end today. So that's that's how it starts off. Oh, wow. Well,
2: I didn't realize that's how Boris Johnson came to power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it gets better because okay. eventually the cops do show up. The cops did show up because. I was like, hey, pal,
2: what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs>
0: it's so good because this cop is just the most polite person uh, I have ever seen yeah. in my life. Nah, you can't, you can't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah you gotta you can. go. Listen,
2: let
1: me explain. I'm not obliged to <laughs> give you my name. I'm, I'm just, right, am I being detained? Right, listen, right, sir. So okay. We are,
2: peace, we are really? peaceful. We are peaceful.
0: We are sovereign.
2: So you you yeah. So, the castle. <laughs> almost... <laughs> we are peaceful oh, seasons great. of this castle.
0: Oh, that's great. Did you hear the cops
2: say, oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. All yes. right. <laughs>
0: So later on, I mean, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but look, Scottish voices are funny. I'll just say that. And if we lose our handful of Scottish listeners, I guess we'll suffer through. Um, But I did find an article in the Scottish Sun, which, yes, I know is a tabloid, but it's the only one that followed up with the police after this thing happened Uh uh, that I was able to find easily. Um, And uh, during this, this woman who was doing the live stream said at one point, we are using Article 61 of the Magna Carta. We have had enough. The people of Scotland have had enough. And today we claim our power back. The government has been acting treasonous against we, the people. Uh, Benedict, do you know anything? Scotland, by the way,
2: not part of the country when the Magna (laughs) Carta was signed.
0: Yes, I know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like by a long shot, not part of the country. It makes it so
0: much better. (laughs) But also, Article 61... Um I I'm, I'm sure nobody knows about this because Article 61 was removed in like a year after the Magna Carta was originally created. Do you know
2: when it, do you know off the top of your head when it was signed?
0: I oh god, something 15.
2: Yeah, that's right. Which, I don't remember which which
0: which 15? 16, 15. 1615, 1215. Damn it. Uh, much Way earlier than that. Yeah, something yeah. 15. I knew there was a 15, in <laughs> it give me credit. My my home
2: bat. country is very old.
0: 1215. <laughs> yes. But the original text of uh, Article sixty one of the Magna Carta allowed that a total of twenty five key barons could seize the castles and lands of the crown if the king or queen had flouted the rule. Did these people think they were one
2: of the twenty five key barons? (laughs) Were they a group of (laughs) twenty five? I was like, yo, come on, Jimmy, you're number twenty two. Let's go.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But look, the police were just eminently polite to these nutbags. Like like at one point the cop asked, so how how long are you going to be here? And uh, how many people you think are coming? Look, it's just, I think
2: my Scottish accent is just about possible. <laughs> I think you need to stop.
0: Mine's not great. Mine's not great. Uh, although apparently one of the cops did get injured, like a minor injury, you know, like maybe a scrape or something. Uh, by the end, because one of the one of these people did get uh, belligerent. And I think it was the uh, the guy we heard talking earlier. Got a little, a little uh, got chubby. Yeah, got a little angry over the fact that nobody wanted to oppress him. Um, but so uh, in September of 2021, Irish sovereign citizens broke into an ICU and took a covid patient out of the hospital. That patient died of covid after being taken away from the hospital and the life saving treatment. That he, of course, needed. Of course, some of the January 6th insurrectionists were sovereign citizens, most that notably Pauline it's Bauer.
2: extremely predictable.
0: Yes, yes. Pauline Bauer is the one that most people have heard of. She made the most noise. Uh, she is the owner of a pizzeria in Pennsylvania who, according to a lot of people interviewed uh, by the Daily Beast and other outlets, sort of went down a bad rabbit hole during the Trump years. Uh, during the January 6th insurrection, she was the one who was recorded screaming, Bring Nancy Pelosi out here now. We want to hang that bitch. Okay. Um, I will link to one of her nonsense court filings in the show notes because it's very interesting and I think you can see exactly what sort of what I mean when I say that these pile, people file just gobbledygook nonsense, uh, as well as a Daily Beast article by Kelly Weil I'll also link to. And in her 114-page filing, uh, she posts completely out of context nonsense and irrelevant quotes from case law references the Magna Carta, claims the Bible is the highest form of law, specifically mentioning the 1611 King James Version of the Bible. I guess that one might be special for some reason. It is. No, it's
2: the, it's the, um, that's the standard issue UK Bible. I don't know why
0: she put the date in though. 1611. I would just say King James. We all would know what you mean. Yeah. I I don't know why she did that. Uh, She also claims as sources of law applicable to her situation, the first charter of Virginia, Uh, The Mayflower Compact of 1620.
2: Yeah, the Uh, thing is, I just don't get these people who are like, yeah, the Magna Carta applies to me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there was a whole revolution that we're like, we don't want any part of these laws.
0: Right, but remember, they have this whole thing where the U.S. is a corporation now, and they exist under common law. And they don't yeah, know but, that that's not Magna what the Magna, is Magna Carta is. <laughs> I know it's specifically written down. It's statutory. Uh, it's like the one
2: piece of statutory documentation that we have. <laughs> we don't have a constitution.
0: She also claims that the 1641 Grand Remonstrance applies to her, as well as the 1777 Articles of Confederation, which you might recall are the thing we got rid of when we did the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, She does not, by the way, simply appear in court. Uh, She clarified during a June 11th proceeding via Zoom that, quote, I am here by special divine appearance, a living soul. Aren't we all? She then told the judge she didn't want an attorney.
2: Okay. Which she really should have had. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, QAnon adherents have increasingly used the language and conspiracy of sovereign Yeah, It felt like
2: early QAnon.
0: Yes, there's there well there's a lot of overlap there. There yeah. is a lot of overlap. Um, and it's become I think more prevalent among the Q people since Q stopped posting and they mm. needed something to grab onto. They
2: found another outlet, yeah.
0: Yeah. I should also note, right, that sovereign citizen ideology is an overwhelmingly white group with a heavy white supremacist overlap, not surprising given that many of them believe that the Jews are the people that they've been sold to by the US corporation, uh, but there are also African American sovereign citizens. Uh, the Moorish Nation is an African-American cult that believe that African-Americans descended from the Moors and that they have as such special rights under the 1780 Moroccan-American Treaty of Friendship. So it's a different origin. That's a and, lot
2: to me. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but possibly the most worrying group of sovereign citizens right now is a group that spend their time fighting CPS or other state agencies that care for children. Okay. And there are, of course... Plenty of problems with state agencies that, you know, child protective services and those sorts of things. But to be completely honest, I find the sovereign citizens to be far more problematic. And I think the story of Neely Petrie Blanchard uh, is one that shows how this is. It's a sad story, but epitomizes how conspiracy, this conspiracy in particular, draws in desperate people and radicalizes them to the point of of violence. Uh, Miss Blanchard, and I'll call her Blanchard because I think she has a hyphenated last name, but it's easier than me saying her whole last name each time. Uh, She is a 33-year-old woman in Kentucky who had a child while she was in high school, custody of whom was given to the father of the child's mother. Uh, And as her life went on, she had two more children, custody of whom were given to her own mother. Um, And as I said, there are huge problems with every state's child protective service system. The way we handle troubled homes and custody issues... Um, and I was unable to find any outlet that had the details of why she did not have custody of her children. But I did see some sources that did not cite to anything but saying that it had to do with methamphetamine use. I can't verify that because these family court records are sealed for obvious reason, so I can't pull them up and check and see what's what's going on there. But I did find her Twitter account, which is still live. Uh, and it occurred to me that there's a lot of people who still have Twitter accounts who are currently in prison, which, as we will learn, is what happened to Miss Blanchard.
2: (laughs) So they've had their free speech taken away, is what you're telling me.
0: Yes, yes, as a matter of fact. Uh, She joined Twitter in August of 2019, and as of today, has 23 followers, and is following 88 people, including, by the way, Yes, I have
2: more followers than her. (laughs)
0: Yes, you do. Including, she's following, Dinesh D'Souza, Dan Bongino, James Woods, Laura Ingram, Blaze TV, Donald Trump Jr., and the rest of the right-wing social media figures you would expect, as well as Vincent Fusca. Does that name mean anything to you? No. Vincent Fusca is one of the two people that adherence to the QAnon conspiracy theory believe is actually John F. Kennedy Jr.,
2: Oh, yeah, I know the guy. I know his face, I just didn't know his name. The
0: hat guy. He's the one with the hat. You know, there's two of them. One of them has a hat, he's the hat one.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, But, uh, of course... We should
2: make them fight.
0: (laughs) We really should. Of course, uh, in addition to all the other stuff she believed, she was also into QAnon. Mm -hmm. But the most important follow that she has on her Twitter profile, and also a guy who followed her back, and whose account is also still alive, uh, which we will see is ironic in a moment, is a guy named Christopher Hallett. And in fact, Neely's pinned tweet, and what is her last retweet, uh, is a tweet from Chris Hallett linking to a YouTube video of his. And Neely was a fan of Chris because he ran a group called E-Clause. And E-Clause stands for Emoluments Clause. Mm -hmm. Because Chris is a crazy sovereign citizen who made money giving presentations and fake legal advice to people on subjects ranging from how to use magic words to beat the court to declaring yourself a sovereign citizen above the power of the state. Okay. And he had a really nonsense definition of the word emolument, which I won't bother to bore you with. I watched Mm -hmm. like 45 minutes of his YouTube videos, and I'm still actually not sure I could explain to you what the (laughs) fuck he thinks it means. But basically, he thinks that the emoluments clause is the key to beating the government on anything or getting that secret treasury account or whatever it is that you're doing, right? So his group took money from desperate people to give them absolutely nonsense bad advice to do things that would never work. And, of course, he was also into the QAnon scene uh, and made claims about all the successes he had had, even though he literally lost every single thing he ever filed in actual court. Uh, He also claimed that Trump had authorized him to create a separate court system, which presumably, I would guess, is one where he could actually win, which would be nice if he had that power. And of course, somewhere along the way, Neely, as a desperate mother who wanted her kids, stumbled across him. But at some point in March 2020, Neely kidnapped her two children from their grandmother's house in Kentucky and went on the run with them. Shortly before kidnapping them, Uh, She dropped a whole bunch of nonsense gobbledygook, gobbledygook paperwork off with local officials that were basically ramblings that Chris had put together for her. They contained language like, quote, I am now not deemed dead lost at sea. (laughs) <laughs> Which is what I told you we would get to eventually. <laughs> the stuff. The language about the Admiralty stuff. Because, you know, many of them think that it's maritime law and that stuff. That's all fun. After a few days on the run, she was caught in Dawson Springs, Kentucky, hiding out with a sovereign citizen group with her daughters. Um, and as a QAnon believer, it seems likely that she believed that a satanic pedophile cabal was about and after her children. Uh, and she was released on bond from the kidnapping charge. Um, shortly thereafter, she filmed herself reciting the QAnon oath. Great. Um, and, you know, I, her, she also has a Facebook page that is still live. I'm not going to link to either of those two. If you really want to see them, you can, you know, search for them yourselves. I think it's a little morose to go see. And, uh, you know, I do it because I'm interested in these things. And I think getting the information is important. But I don't think anybody really wants to run across those by accident. So I'm not going to link to them. But she has stuff on there. You know, everything from just your basic Trump-supporting stuff All the way up to, you know, QAnon rambling comments and and all the stuff you would expect from, you know, we all have crazy relatives we see on Facebook. It's it's all that sort of stuff. yeah Uh, But so she took the QAnon oath after she was caught and her children were taken again. Um, And she actually went down after she met Chris. She went down to Ocala, Florida, where she lived and ate up all his teachings. Mm -hmm. On her Facebook page, she lists herself as an E-Clause agent, whatever that means. She's apparently an agent of this organization. Why wouldn't she be? Um, and there are pictures um, of her children dressed in E. Clause t-shirts. Uh, and she had an E. Clause vanity plate, okay. vanity license plate for her car. All right. It says E. Clause. But it somewhere like, along the way. It sounds like Santa's wife. Just like, <laughs> it is.
2: <laughs> my name is Emily Claus. I'm married to Santa. Somewhere along
0: it appears to have gone sour. As Chris's tactics... But you're telling me it got worse? Well, when Chris just failed and failed and failed, and everything he said would get her kids back didn't get her kids back, mm. um, you know, it, it didn't go great. And, of course, she was arrested for that kidnapping, and the kids were sent back. Um, so in November of 2020, uh, she went from Kentucky, where, remember, she had just been released with the children, mm. um, and drove down to Florida to presumably go see Chris. Um and that was where, uh, as she was on her way down there, uh, she's you know sending out these tweets. She's she's retweeting like Sarah Carter, if you know that, it's a mm-hmm. really bad right wing blog. She's retweeting the Bongino report. She's tweeting about the stuff. She's posting on Facebook. Um, she posts something about how she's on her way down to Florida to see Chris. Um, this is also obviously just weeks after uh, November. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. So the election had just happened. And she and Chris and every right winger is just tweeting all this stuff about the election. I mean, Chris's account, by the way, is still on uh, Facebook. I said Um, he's got one where it's Paul Gosar on November 11th tweeting. What is the office of the president elect? And Chris has hashtag SMU crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji, like laugh crying emoji. Mm a bunch of joy because that's that's all that's all stuff that's going on there Mm -hmm. um chris's last tweet by the way i I should say says quote never interrupt your enemies while they're imploding which (laughs) i have to assume is is about the whole situation that was sent.
2: that's why he hasn't spoken
0: since (laughs) that was sent on november 13th 2020 and on november 15th 2020 in Hallett's florida home Neely confronted Hallett, claiming that he was actually a part of a plot to take her kids away from her, including claiming that he was helping to hurt her children, which to me sounds of QAnon. Mm-hmm. Then in the presence of two witnesses, he shot. she shot him six times.
2: Jesus.
0: Killing him. Uh, she was arrested and is currently awaiting her criminal trial. So, God damn. that's where it ends for these people. I, you know... i i I think a that last tweet of chris's is is uh i that still gets me (laughs) a little bit eerie right a little bit eerie um but also i think it's it makes sense right if you believe the things that she believes then yeah i mean the rubber
2: hits the road eventually right is the right like eventually there's no more there's no way to keep making excuses
0: Right, because he, he, there's only so much nonsense paperwork you can file that doesn't. Yeah, fit. and
2: like when stuff's like tangibly happening in the real world,
0: and you know this this was a you know I, I don't want to sound you know sympathetic to a, a woman who murdered someone, but mm-hmm. this is someone who was desperate. I'm yeah. sure that she cared about her kids and wanted. Yeah, them back. I mean that. But that's,
2: that's classic, like.
0: But this was a Accidentally desperate
2: woman. joined a cult fair as desperate yeah.
0: people, like desperate woman who was played upon by a guy who, because of his own failures, every time he had done this stuff, had to know that he was wrong, had to know that. I mean, he probably, on some level, believed the sovereign citizen nonsense and just thought that, like, ah, the courts yeah, but are like, you all know you know. It doesn't me. work
2: in the real world. Like, you can right. think it's true, but like at the end of the day, the big conspiracy is always going to beat you. <laughs> like, right. It right. has repeatedly beaten you in the past. Like, that's not suddenly going to change.
0: Yeah. So that's our story of sovereign, sovereign citizenry, um, and as they are, uh, I will, you know, I'll link to. I, I like to link to some other bonus resources in the show notes. I'll link to some stuff. You know, there's a, a ADL um, report about sovereign citizens. There's also an episode of a show called Hate Thy Neighbor. Um, which is a production of Vice. Uh, I think it was on back in like 2019, 2020. And some uh, UK comedian, Jamali, something I can't remember his full name, but uh, went and hung out with sovereign citizens. And I think it's it's very, you know, he captures them when they're not in front of weirdos or in front of courts screaming crazy things. I think it's very interesting to see how they really do believe some of this stuff to their core. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's who they are, Benedict wasn't confused. this better than just hardcore white supremacists? Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, it still ended in someone dying, though. So it's not I mean, great. I mean, I,
0: I get... I think you were going to say that you were confused, and I, am, I get that, because... I am confu- e-
2: I still am confused. I never done it Having spent all
0: days looking into these people just to write up this one episode, I still don't completely understand what the hell they believe. I couldn't tell you half of the nonsense they believe, and that's... Not only because this is a, you know, a decentralized conspiracy ideology, which is as opposed to things like Alex, you know, the the Alex Jones sort of world of conspiracy, which is very much Alex Jones driven as far as deciding what is canon, right? He doesn't come up with a conspiracy, but he decides what's canon about it. Um, And then, you know, I think QAnon for a while back when somebody was posting as Q had a canon. But these things, it's all decentralized. And it's all whatever the person who's, you know, at that moment speaking or or doing whatever it is wants to believe.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's
0: very hard to say this is 100% the ideology, but there are all those key characteristics that we've talked about, I think, you know, about where they think law comes from and what they think it means. And I think it's fascinating, especially since there is a lot of tie-in. I mean, fucking Ron Paul has openly supported these people.
2: It's it's certainly a good insight into how people can convince themselves that insane things are true.
0: Yeah, a lot of libertarians will speak watered-down versions of these same things. Mm, There's certainly a
2: downstream effect on the broader populace, I would say.
0: So that's our sovereign citizens. Benedict?
2: Yep. Confused?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I guess. Yeah,
2: it's as as much fun as I ever have. And mostly the fun is just because I get to chat to you for an hour and a half.
0: Oh, you're going to be all nice about it. That's so nice of you. But thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. Become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of all our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. JD Main Guest found the song. George Saunier, Tinker's Dam. Janet Yutter, Stefan. Shannon Halman, Utah Outcasts. Pause. Brent Lee. David Garrido, Dave Barwick. Dodd Snow, Chris Palmer. Bad Bible Stitches, Ellie Bartlett. Benjamin Carlyle. Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth. Glowrung the Deceiver. Big Easy Blasphemy, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taro Ticanon, and Balls Waters. And thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, one, two, three, four, five, everybody in the car, so come on, let's ride to the goodbye.